Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 101 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius, Dean Ayers, and I am joined by my colleague, the Zone sports journalist and Twitter blue tick Wanker, it's Liam Hap. Oh, and sorry, blue tick wanker and failure at putting his daughter to bed because she's just done a run in 30 seconds before we went on air. It's Liam Hap. How's that for you? That, that was really me. I mean, to be fair, you did them put Izzy on the mic, and I said you should do what your daddy says and go to bed, and she did just laugh at me. So she, I mean, she might as well have said, "Fuck you, fat man." Um, because it was there was I, you know, I had no authority there either. Well, I'm glad I put on the mic because as it turns out, she's got better mic skills than you when you're managing. Very or much so. Yeah. Or podcasting. <laughs> uh, this I feel this has been a particularly abusive, mutually abusive yeah. start to the podcast. This is why you should stay away from all mics, Dean, and this is probably why Mike White ran all the way up to the north back to the north to get <laughs> back away from to the you. North. because he too is a mic and he should be well away from you very much so we're and we're recording this on his birthday so happy birthday mike yeah happy birthday guy who disappeared off social media which is like literally the only way i can communicate with people these days so he might as well be just like on the planet norg bloop <laughs> i hear the weather's lovely on the planet norg bloop yeah how many listeners have we got from there um, are they part of the uh, 0.17% from parts unknown? That's what I'm telling myself now. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But um, well, we've we've had a, a busy few days. Yeah, I, I think in, in in between power naps, you attended the uh, the hooked on all all elite wrestling all out viewing party, which was a rousing success. Yeah. Well, I I uh, I had attended the night before. I had attended um, former podcast guest sam berry gardner um he had his housewarming party and um i attended there and got hideously hideously drunk and felt genuinely dead the next day to the point that um i have said i'm never drinking again and, and haven't and four days later i haven't touched a drop yes uh, that's not yeah. bad yeah. um i'm sure that will carry on because famously everyone who says i'm never drinking again really sticks at it after the first week or two yep yep you know it you know it um but yeah that so um so yeah i I had to uh, utilize the power nap to get through because AEW, we thought it was a three-hour show it went four hours it didn't finish until so bear in mind if you're listening in america um or, or anywhere in in that that's that part of the world within that time zone that the uh the double on or nothing. The all-out pay-per-view that AEW presented last week started in the UK at one in the morning, one a.m., and it went on till five a.m. So yeah, there was. We're in a, a 
a bar in London where 150 people stayed up till 5 a.m. to watch the show and went absolutely apeshit when uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole came out. Yeah, it's true. That, that's the lens we'll go to to watch like these big anticipated debuts at Silly O'Clock. But it was well worth it. Uh, the, the the venue in Old Street is a cracking one. We're getting really well with the staff there. Yeah, uh, all fun and games. There was a there was a Chris Jericho Judah sing along. Uh, I just so happened to bring my my aviator Ray Bands with me, so <laughs> so I couldn't help myself. As I'm starting to walk to the toilet, they've played uh, the Pixie song. Where where's my mind? And I couldn't help but just put them on, put my hands in my pockets, and I somehow found myself roped into a uh, a really lame kickoff with with some dude. <laughs> You, it was all kicking off, was it? Yeah, literally, but yeah. like in a really slow motion, pathetic Mr. Burns-esque manner. <laughs> That's who I like to think that Orange Cassidy's kicks are inspired by, Mr. Burns. Get ready for the beating of your life. Ugh. Remember that? Uh, yep, I do indeed. Classic. Uh, we like a Simpsons quote. Oh, yes. Um, and, um, and uh, of course, yeah, this was this was Hooked on Wrestling, who um, our, our Dear friends at Hooked on Wrestling who run these uh, these viewing parties, and of course we we had a very special surprise guest turn up as well. We did. It just so happened to be a a member of the roster for the pay per view that we were watching, which was uh, quite the development, wasn't it? Indeed, yes. Anthony Agogo came along um, very much last minute. We we discovered that he uh, he followed Hooked on Wrestling on Twitter, so. Uh, we um, invited him over, and once he got uh, Uncle Tony's blessing, then uh, he was he was over like a shot. Lovely bloke as well. Yeah, lovely bloke, and a big opportunity for me as as the manager of the Design website. <laughs> <laughs> We've what? got a boxer coming in, and we do. We we had um one of my team lives in Chicago, and he attended the uh the the pre- the, the event and the press conference. So um. Yeah, uh, we obviously got a bit of representation on the, on the big wrestling events, and of course anything a- anything boxing related, especially when it comes to some exclusive quotes and some original content. We love a bit of that. So it was great to chat some boxing with old Anthony. I, I tell you, look, folks, if you're listening right now, it it was it was amazing. It was like watching, you know, you know how you watch those nature documentaries and you see like the, the leopard or the lion pounce on the unsuspecting wildebeest or Monty Based, Brown or, or Monty Brown. And, uh, so yeah, as soon as, um, as soon as Anthony had finished like doing photos with fans on that, he, he turns around, goes to sit down and, and Liam is there leaping on him. Not literally. Um, and, well, I, I'm not the greatest lip reader in the world, but I all I did I did definitely uh, read the words uh, Liam Dazone and quotes. reach around <laughs> and reach around coming from your lips, and um, yeah, but he was very accommodating, not not you know, not in, like in, that, in, not like that. Yeah, but here's here's the funny thing was is I actually got in there before the uh, photo opportunities with with the attendees. Uh, oh, was it before? Yeah, I stand he, he literally did even, his... Even more, sorry, even more like the, the that poor wildebeest, Anthony, you go, Oh, going. yes. Yeah, that's, he, strike, he strikes anyone who sees him, this, this massive, stocky, built, 
you know, accomplished amateur and professional boxer who's who's now menacing the shit out of anyone who watches him on TV because he makes for a very good natural menacing heel. Oh, very uh, nice. yeah, he he strikes you as a wildebeest. But no, he so he did his big arrival and everyone popped for it, and he was interviewed briefly by Stephanie Chase, who's the who's the co-host of the event. And yeah, as that wrapped up, I went over. I said, "Let's do this." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm up for that." Gonna going to uh, do some photos with the fans first which is absolutely understandable and then just before the pay-per-view started he came up to our to our little vip area we'd we'd had little corner haven't we that i referred to as the uh raven's nest because there's always got to be a wcw reference because it's on that it's on that little just that little elevated corner of the of the pub and yeah uh, and there's pup there's part two coming tomorrow I can say it because I'm publishing this podcast as soon as we finish it, so I feel comfortable saying this. But we've just uh, released some interesting quotes he had to say on Billy Joe Saunders, who obviously suffered a very similar ING to what put Anthony Gogo out of boxing. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders is now contemplating retirement after suffering his first career loss to Canelo Saunders, the uh, Canelo Alvarez, sorry, Canelo Saunders, the current best boxer in the world, arguably. Uh, so it was good to talk to Anthony about that. And tomorrow he'll be picking a winner between uh, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, assuming they ever fucking fight. If they ever fight, yeah. yeah. And um, and I mean, we we've uh, we've mentioned before about you know the parallels between AEW and WCW, and and it really did feel in the after the immediate aftermath of that show with CM Punk returning to wrestling with Brian Danielson coming along and to, a, a, I mean, a, a lesser degree, Adam Cole is a big acquisition, but, but basically Punk and Danielson coming to that promotion. It, it feels, I, I do get Hall and Nash vibes in, in the fact that we, we are seeing a, a seismic change in the wrestling industry in America. Yeah, a little bit, and like with the Adam Cole thing, it's, it's worth remembering. You get some of the ones who are more established names, but then you get the ones, and it's ironic because this was one guy who competed in the main event of the pay per view. But I get Christian Cage vibes from Adam Cole. Christian Cage's arrival in TNA in 2005 was a very, very big deal. Oh, I always argue it was bigger than Kurt Angle arriving and certain other big names because it. Given, given how we're used to seeing names get washed up by WWE and de- deemed surplus to requirements and, a, and allowed to go before the new world order in WCW, that's exactly how Vince McMahon and, and company viewed the likes of Randy Savage, John Tension, like leaving. They, they didn't feel threatened by it. They felt like they were chewing them up and spitting them out. And yeah. they were they were WWE rejects going over. Uh, but Christian Cage was that guy with a tremendous upside who was on his way up, who was over, who people wanted to see more of. And he had a flat choice. And in the cold light of day, he chose not WWE. And that is very rare. You can count on like one hand the amount of people who do that without extenuating circumstances that make, you know, they're released or they fall out with someone. He yeah. had He had a flat choice and he chose... WWE, uh, not WWE, the other company, in this case, All Elite Wrestling. 
uh, and so that's what makes the Adam Cole one particularly exciting. As for the reference to, I've seen a lot of people. I think a guy I worked with when when Dazone and Sporting News were were in league. There's a, there's a senior writer there called Andreas Howell who's very much into his wrestling as well as fight sports. He referred to it as he said he he got the vibes that this is their bash at the beach '96 moment. And my reply to him mm. was, as long as Hangman Page challenging Kenny Omega is not their Starcade '97. I'm all for. I, I can see that, but um, yeah, for me, it's worth remembering that all that awesome stuff that happened on the pay-per-view. Not only were there so many major names who didn't even wrestle on it, that's one hell of a rotation they've got at their disposal. But the bit for me and for a lot of a lot of people, a lot of long-time wrestling fans who've been following and tracking this. The big one isn't even the arrival of these names. It's not even uh, CM Punk's first match. It is the payoff to the Hangman Page Kenny Omega story. And if they do it right, yeah. it'll be what the Sting payoff with the New World Order should have been. We've talked at length about Starcade '97 here, and it Episode will be one, yeah. yeah, and it will be what. The likes of CM Punk, the likes of Brian Danielson, the so many other passionate wrestling figures, John Moxley, so uh, countless others, uh, will all say they want to see these stars get made. So you you get the impression that the Punks and the Moxleys backstage are probably thinking, no, no, no don't put me in this position in favour of a Hangman Page. Because, you know, we're minted, we're named stars, we had our moment, this is his moment. Yeah, well, I think it was very, very telling that, I mean, I, I was talking to someone on, on Twitter this week and I said, yeah, the difference is Hall and Nash were interested in putting themselves over and making themselves money and they were, you know, they, they were in it for themselves, as was Hogan, obviously. Whereas CM Punk, he's the first, the literally the first words that came out of his mouth in an AEW ring was putting over Britt Baker. And yeah. he, you know, and, and and um, the match with Darby Allen obviously had to win, but Darby Allen looked fantastic in in that match as well. And 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 you don't get the impression that that Punk or Danielson are gonna uh, are gonna start giving it the big I am or demanding creative control in their contract. So I think in that respect, it's a it's a different situation. And, and hopefully, and dare I say it, a more a more positive outcome. And and the you know, the wrestling industry has a can can be getting a viable number two promotion and viable competition to WWE. Absolutely, and that my my impression going into all that was that you had two guys in Darby Allen and MJF, who are the young up and comers against, you know, in one instance a forty something and the other instance a fifty something, um, and you'd think the 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 one oh one of it pardon the pun with our episode number um is oh yeah young young guy needs to be put over but they're two guys they'll look at that roster and they've actually been extremely well protected some would say yeah. even to the point where it was flirting with being a little inorganic and as you know sometimes if you you over push the guy people want to see pushed it can lead to a to a gag reflex yeah. So I don't given given the terms of the storyline, i.e. MJF deserved a comeuppance against Jericho, and Darby Allen I think will have that thing where he will pursue 
a rematch and a chance to beat CM Punk. Similar to how they made his draw with Cody Rhodes before Dynamite was even a thing. He had that uh, draw with Cody Rhodes and they made it like an albatross about him finally beating Cody Rhodes. And he did, and he won the TNT title. And that was a big thing. I can see there being a similar thing down the line. That will run a bit. Uh, and as for um, the Chris Jericho thing, I think I said to you, at the at the the pay per view screening, my theory is is that he's actually going to retire anyway, and we're very close to another dynamite, and I don't know who's speaking on that, or they could have future dynamites where come say, but at some point soon, I think he actually is going to say, right, I'm I am going to wrap it up. I'm just glad it wasn't by losing to MJF, you know, I'm going to go out on my terms, and my terms are. That I wrestle the guy I wrestled in my very first match, the guy who's the special guest of episode 100, 100 of because law. WCW. <laughs> now, given we've had Hoovy show up, we've got Chavo Guerrero playing a manager, we've had all these WCW cameos, I love them all, including the likes of Nagata and Kojima, who appeared from New Japan yep. Wrestling back in the day. For me, absolutely, I would I would love to see that one particular nod, because let's face it, Lance Storm is always ready to go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> one one other thing that's really interesting, we will wrap this up here and go on to our watch on, but one thing that was really interesting as well was, um, and I've, I've, um, I've uh, just retweeted this on the uh, Because WC. If you go to the Because WCW Twitter page, which is at Because WCW, there's um, a great um, video of um, basically the certain spots from the, do you remember the, the Bret Hart one, two, three yes, kids? That, that, that video has been all around social. I'd be stunned yeah. if anyone who listens to our podcast has not seen that, but yeah, yeah. it's a good, you're right. It's a great one. Yeah. If you haven't go, yeah, just go onto our Twitter and have a look at that because it is so fascinating to watch. And, and it's, it's clearly not a coincidence. Let's put it like that. And what a, what a great glowing tribute to, to Bret Hart as well. Absolutely. Fantastic. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one. And you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. Anyway, we have got a Nitro to watch. Um, It is the episode dated the 29th of July, 1996. So, um... If we, I mean, it's been it's been a while, hasn't it? But um, it the has. last episode we saw, these are we're all in the um, in the uh, the Disney uh, MGM Atlanta '96 Olympics phase. Um, but last time around, we uh, we had um, a match between Dean Malenko and Chavo Guerrero. We had Eddie Guerrero and Psychosis, and our our main event was Luger, Savage, and Sting against um, a four horsemen team of Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit, and Steve McMichael, which was very, uh, very much conspicuous by the absence of Ric Flair. Um, so this week, um, we are, as I said, we're back in, um, we're back in um, the M- MGM Grand, uh, MGM Grand, the Disney MGM Studios. Um, whether we, whether or not we'll see a leprechaun or not, I don't know, but we, um, we crossed. are, we we are getting another six man tag between the uh, the the three baby faces from the uh, WCW team on Bash at the Beach '96 and um, and the four horsemen this time with 
Ric Flair. So uh, yeah, that that should be that should be good. So um, so yeah, we are. As I said this is July 29th, ninety six. If you want to watch along with us, um, the uh, the timing as always, Liam, is on zero 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 zero. Are you ready for six zeros? Yeah, you spot on. Congratulations. Thank thank you. I've been practicing. Um, are you ready uh for some burning buildings? I'm ready for some burning buildings. Then we will press play in three, two, one, go. And there's a spark and there's some burning. Still yellow and red Hulk Hogan as well. Ah, yes. I wonder how long we should we should do a regular running count of how long it takes them to change that. Very good point. It'd be ages probably. <laughs> yeah, because he's very much not wearing yellow and red anymore. Indeed, he isn't. So we start as always uh, in the in the daylight of the MGM Grand. I keep saying the MGM Grand of the Disney MGM Studios. Fuck's sake, Dean. But uh, yeah, I like I like this. We've discussed this before. This whole day into dusk thing. I like this for the show. It reminds me of SummerSlam '92. Yeah, WrestleMania three. All of the recent stadium WrestleManias. Yeah, but they all suck. So let's go back to the really cool events we we're talking about. So we've got the giant defending the world title against Arn Anderson. And we've got Rey Mysterio defending the Cruiserweight Championship. I didn't catch who he was defending against there. I heard Eddie oh, Guerrero got... mentioned. Was that for that match ah, maybe or something it was, else? Maybe it was Eddie Guerrero then. Or, yeah, I didn't catch who it was. Sorry. but um, And Shivani and, uh, and Larry Zabisco are already talking about the unmerciful attack that they're getting from the NWO. Because that's right, we saw before they they broke into the uh, the TV control truck, didn't they last time? Yeah, it was a it was a bit tame. They're really talking this up, but obviously we know more more is yet to come. Mm. I mean, it, it is tame, I guess, with with twenty twenty one eyes, where we've seen like the ring getting ripped up and Justin Roberts choked with his tie. But I guess in in ninety six, you didn't you didn't see behind the curtain like that. No, I mean, even then, though, if you remember, they spent most of it trying to be funny, which is just what Kevin Nash does, I suppose. Oh, we have now some kind of like homemade video footage of the Outsiders last Saturday. Oh, there we what's that? Luger and mm. Luger and Sting are leaving the arena. Were they secretly filming him or something? Hmm. Luke has been called away for an important phone call. Call couldn't happen these days. Yeah, how's he nice important? It could have been just like a wrong number. Yeah. Oh, here we go. And so this is now the outsiders with whoever their cameraman is. I mean, this is basically the precursor to happy slapping, isn't it? Yeah, there's very much a Horseman and Dusty vibe to this, isn't there? Yes, definitely. It's so, like... Yeah, so Luger's been called away, Sting's been beaten up. 
does this mean Luger is in cahoots with them? Tune in to next week's Nitro to find out. What's the deal, Liam? <laughs> We're told Sting is okay. He sustained minor injuries. Shivani's so Shivani is outraged. Yeah, calling them cowards. Yeah. Larry Zabisco, a career-long heel, or not quite career-long, but you know what I mean, a, lot, a very long-term heel, is disgusted by heels acting like heels. Yeah, it was always a bit funky at first with Zabisco. He would play the heel on commentary, but when a, when an outsider segment came up, since the start of the two-hour era, he would suddenly turn six-pence. It was, took a bit of time to get used to, but obviously now... We we know where this is going. We know his involvement in this feud. So yeah. So here comes Mike Enos, no longer the Mauler, and and they've just said on commentary, no longer with Colonel Robert Parker. But still with that really crappy music he was given by Parker, which does not suit him at all. No. And here comes Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I'm hoping because I have a a memory somewhere deep in my in my brain of a promo after Hogan turned with Duggan in the MGM arena, um, the MGM studios. And he says something like Hulk Hogan, you smoked my children. And I'm hoping that this is the match where after this match, he does a promo with mean Gene. You do realize even if it is this match and this promo, um, it's going to end up being one of them situations where we hear it again. It turns out it sounds nothing like that. Oh, God, yeah. But then we're just going to pretend that's what he said anyway, because, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I seem to remember having this on, uh, having it on the VHS because someone recorded Nitro for me because I didn't have satellite TV myself. And me and my mate who were watching it, we just rewound this and kept laughing. <laughs> well, it looks like we the, the the wait is almost over, Dean. We're about to find out, surely. Well, Enos is starting out on the offense. He hasn't even got Enos hasn't even got his waistcoat, his leather waistcoat off, and Duggan's already made a comeback, and he's clotheslined Enos over the top rope, and yep. Enos's offense is all for nothing because it's now Duggan in charge. Yeah, I mean. And I'm aware that that is like a visual effect some wrestlers deliberately do when they bump around still with their out of gear on. But the context here is is weird. The match has kind of just started. He's he's basically just really tawdry and getting ready for the match. It's one thing if like, do you know, um, if the guy still wearing his, his entrance gear was sneak attacked, you know, I don't know. Uh, he's taking it off now. And, you know, and, for uh, I know they've obviously had some um, some dark matches before, but for a, a first match on TV to get the crowd up, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is is the perfect guy, isn't he? Yeah, I mean that uh, at this juncture and to an extent, even when he was in his prime, this is what he is. He, 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 what he does in the ring is very basic. He's not going to uh, to draw you into the body of a competitive match. He's going to put a smile on your face. Yeah. And and it's one of those things, isn't it, where people seem to think that being in the opening match is like a slap in the face. 
And actually, it's as we've said so many times when we talk about the art of the opener, it, it is a, a science all to itself, isn't it? Of getting the crowd in the right place. Yeah, I, I like to think that, that that myth has long been dispelled, at least amongst like hardened uh, wrestling watchers who watch a fair amount. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that your casual audience will wrongly think, but the the stigma of being in the open is that is the least of their worries, really. But yeah, for for the most part, people appreciate now what an opening match means, and it is fun going into some of the details of that whenever we do the pay per view reviews. But very much applies to TV as well to an extent. Mm. Especially with this kind of audience, where I've said it's it's not necessarily a big wrestling fan audience. It is quite a cold audience of holidaymakers. Yeah, your Duggan's become gold dust in this situation. Not not literally the not guy like on that. the other channel, but their value is like gold dust because you need. I'm I'm actually now I think about. It, I'm actually shocked they didn't have him early on the card of all of these nitros, given that he works a very you know a lethargic pace. His matches don't go past eight minutes normally. Why not just have him open up all of these Disney tapings? Oh, Enos with some offense. Yep. Duggan charging into the corner. Enos getting his knees up. Now now he's celebrating and making a cover as Duggan was getting up anyway. Get odd. Yeah, it's a rough match, but then this is the uh, this is the trickiest part of it in that they're they're working the heat, and yeah, as you can tell by the the sound of the fans, they're chanting the USA's, but not really getting into the oh no, he's he might be in danger here. He's not in danger. Yeah, it does. It feels now like this this is red. This should have finished around about now, time wise. Absolutely. This is more like a sing-along to the fans than it is like a dramatic wrestling match. But God bless Larry Zabisco for trying to analyse the chin lock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Duggan is in a a kind of chin lock sleeper hold from uh, Enos, but Duggan's now got to his feet, and you get the feeling that the end is nigh here. Several punches to the midsection of uh, Enos, which the ref is doing nothing about. Yeah. Babyface Duggan shoving the ref shortly after he tapes his fist or whatever else he does. We've we've been over this over previous Nitros, haven't we? It's, it's ridiculous. And we've got the heat now. Enos once again on top and the crowd is chanting USA. Or some of the crowd is chanting USA. But he's doing his, uh, his, well, what, what's the Duggan version of hulking up? I'm not sure. Do you know exactly up? what you mean? <laughs> oh. oh, both men go down from a uh, double shoulder. Tackle. Again, this match should have finished yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this is dragging is, on. Um, it is taking its, uh, its own sweet time, isn't it? Even the fans who were pumped for Duggan and his shtick are now starting to have like a existential crises in the in the crowd. Oh, a sunset flip! Hacksaw Jim Duggan with the sunset flip. I'm a fan. 
Well, listening to uh, Shivani speculating about empty seats, saying yeah. for the NWO, but in fact, maybe they're just empty because you can't sell out. Or maybe someone's just late getting to the, the uh, getting to the venue. Yeah, isn't that normally where the fighting family sits from last ones? Where they're yeah. like too busy play fighting to watch the show. Yeah, that was last week, yeah. Maybe things escalated. Yeah, maybe <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to be fighting in the second hour. They're in families therapy, hitting each other with mallets like in The Simpsons. I was just about to say, like the Simpsons electrocuting each other. Yeah. Oh, Enos has missed the top rope splash, and you've got to think, surely this is it. Don't <laughs> say that, they'll go another 10 minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't jinx it. Come on, Duggan. Was it a three point stance, isn't it? He does. And this he's holding up again. On. He's doofusing he... up again. But he's kind of doing, even even when he's hulking up, he looks like he can't be bothered. He just looks off his face on marijuana. Maybe he's been smoking Hulk Hogan's children. <laughs> no, nope. cool. Enos is back in back on offense. I was going to say, has, has someone in the back not turned up? Have they just been told, <laughs> just keep fighting, lads? This is Joe. This, is the, Mysterio turns this up. is the two hour Nitro. You realise that, right? Oh, look, here's babyface Jim Duggan taping up his fist. He shoved the ref. He's taped up his fist. What is wrong with professional wrestling, Dean? Seriously. What is wrong with why, this rancid industry? Why would, why, why would taping your fist make a punch any more effective. Surely, like, when you tape your fist in boxing, it's to protect your own hand, not make your punches more effective. It and is, also, which allows as I'm sure you... said before, it's a, it's a closed fist, which is illegal. Yeah, closed Oh, fist. I see Mean Gene approaching the ring. Oh, I think he's go. getting ready to ask Jim Duggan about smoking Hulk Hogan's children. Stay tuned, oh. sports fans. This is the moment we've oh. all been waiting for. Oh, sorry, Hulk Hogan smoking Duggan's children. So while we're watching the replay, real quickly, um, the idea is, is by as you said, you can protect your fists, but uh, without the gloves, that just means you can really put everything into it and not worry about breaking your hand. Also, right. the idea is if you put in a big enough volume about it, it's glorified knuckle dusters. But he's just flimsily put like a couple of layers around his fingers. He hasn't even put one complete layer. No. Here we go. Come on, it's Mean Gene and Duggan. Don't let Come us stand, on, don't Gino. Let me down. <laughs> oh, even Mean Gene said it's highly questionable. Here we go. Is this it? Oh. Everyone's wondering what have, what have you done, Hulk? Down. Well, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have believed in him. Make wish foundation. <laughs> to be fair, this is a good promo so far. This is a very good promo. Here we go. Ha, <laughs> ha, 
Ah, I think that might be it. <laughs> You've got first jumbled words. up, haven't you? The first words she spoke were Hulkster. Oh, man, I'm disappointed now. I clearly was drunk and mis and misremembered it, if that's a you word. You did. The, fir the first word my kid spoke was Hulkster. So that's bollocks that's... for a start. The other thing he oh, said is, Hulk, you're a great technical wrestler, but I don't want to wrestle you. I want to beat you up. Which would have been a great line, if not for the fact that Hulk Hogan is a technical wrestling, what I am to diets. Well, I suppose compared to Hacks or Jim Duggan, Hulk Hogan is a great technical wrestler. Well, yeah. All right. By the way, do you want to do you want to take a guess how long that match went? No, I don't want to think about that match again. Seven and a half minutes. Oh exactly. wow! Do you Seven know what? minutes, thirty seconds. The weird thing is, is I actually said about how he never goes over eight minutes, and that yeah. match felt overly long. Like he he broke that protocol. As it turns out. It's not a case that Jim Duggan shouldn't go over eight minutes. It's a case Jim Duggan probably shouldn't go over four. Yeah. Cheebus. We've now got some weird, like, WWE Saturday Night Terminator-style robot. Trying to be futuristic. WCW is about yeah. as futuristic as... Uh, I'm good at diets. I'm not going to use any other analogies now. Ted, Ted Turner trying to be futuristic. Yeah, blame Ted There's Turner. World for Vince. Yeah, we just had a close-up of Mickey Mouse standing on the world. But this is and, uh, Ric Flair's music, so will we actually see him? Because he was persona non grata last week. Well, he will be, because Arn Anson's in the main event against... Uh, he's challenging the Giant for the world title. So we have now got Ric Flair, Chris Benoit, and Steve McMichael. Here he is. And woman is dressed in a, a white business suit and she she basically looks like she's just come back from some kind of international Scarface convention. She's been to a Scarface Yeah, how to cheat how to cheat in wrestling matches. Our guest speaker for today is is woman. Well, how to cheat wrestling matches and uh how to cheat in matrimony because of what happened. Can I say that? Hey, they're just working. They're just working the angle. Just working the angle. Well, this is the third time they've pushed that the giant and Arn Anson are fighting. And I don't know if anyone believes that Arn Anson can win this. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see Arn Anson the world champion. Oh, I'd love to see it, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Here comes Sting, and as you can see, he's not selling the injuries from getting beaten up on the outsides one bit. Yeah, kind of renders it all moot, doesn't it? Yeah. Unless he suddenly undoes his uh, Colonel Pepper jacket, or whatever it's called. So uh, and he's uh, he's suddenly got ribs. DDP taped ribs. And oh, here we oh, are. Flair, Savage went straight for Flair. And it's all gone a bit crazy already. They're brawling at ringside. It's good to know that business is as usual, though. Well, I don't know if you uh, you know this or if you've heard about this, Liam, but the Macho Man is out of control. Well, that's true. But with regards to his tag team partners, what's the deal? 
with Stinger Luke. That one's that just just not gonna wash anymore. I'm gonna miss that. I'm really gonna miss it. We're all gonna miss it. Sting hasn't taken his jacket off yet, so we don't even know if his ribs are taped or not. Savage still got his jacket on. I am, this is I'm wild. Almost, I'm, I was going to say I'm looking forward. No, I'm demanding some Ric Flair shithousery. Well, yeah, I don't care if there's a new, uh, there's new heel kids on the block. We want Ric Flair to be the glorious 1996 Ric Flair he has been so far, and the Ric Flair that a lot of people really forget. You know, people talk about oh, 89 Ric Flair, Iron Man Ric Flair. Fuck no, give me. Knock someone out cold with brass knuckles in the middle of the ring, drag them over to the ropes so I can put feet on the ropes, and then rake their eyes after the free count has been registered and the bell was rung, Flair. Any day of the week. Absolute legend. So we're, we're just having another Glacier promo. And we, can now, we now get to see the man, see what he looks like. That's true, but settle yeah. in with those promos because uh, they're going to run for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So it looks like our referee, um, is that Nick Patrick? I think it is. Our referee has got control. And uh, the ladies at ringside are so relieved that even Elizabeth is showing some personality and smiling. Sting does not have his ribs taped. You've failed us all, Liam. See, does does this mean some overweight, over-the-hill dude is going to run a podcast rivaling our watch-alongs to rant about how he's killing the business. So I thought when you said an old, overweight dude, I thought you were talking about me. No, because I said over-the-hill, whereas oh. with you, you're way over-the-hill. Sorry. There is never a hill to begin with. That's very true. Yeah. It's a hill? No way, I'm getting the bus. But, I mean, this should be a good match, at least, compared to what we just had to endure. Until Mongo gets in. I don't know. Flair Maybe we'll get a couple Flair of gifts. And walks straight into a right hand from uh, Luger. And the banquet table. Just yeah, he's just referred to the VIP table as the... Sorry, as the, the banquet table as the VIP area. It's not. It's Ric Flair's banquet table. He's just been hit with a plate of fruit by the Macho Man. There is fruit all over the ringside area. And to be quite honest, Liam, this is a health and safety nightmare. And it's also four of your five a day. Yes. But I've got to say, I'm, you know, they, these guys, they, they do combinations of essentially the same match and they entertain every time. So I'm a fan. I've just got to give credit to Shivani, who just said, how often have you seen a man run into a gorilla press slam to get out the way of a fruit tray? <laughs> and now it's Flair v. Savage. And so, and there you go. Shithousery number one. Ric Flair just went out, left the ring to kiss Elizabeth on the lips in front <laughs> of Savage. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, we, we've if we're being super strict, Dean, we've talked about how this feud has has run on long enough. Obviously, there's bigger and better things for the overall bigger picture of the company on the horizon, and yet 
you can just watch these two go at it, especially when they are portraying like raised stakes, and it never gets dull. Never. It's, Flair's just gone. Flair's just walked to the back of the bleachers, begging off. Oh, he's he's basically at the entrance way. He's by you know the big tree in the middle of the entrance way. Yeah. I bet they hate that tree, don't they? I don't know. I mean, well, I like it. And that's all that matters, basically. Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. Right, here comes some gifts for Twitter. Mongo v Luger, by the looks of things. Now, the thing is, this, this match obviously has been action-packed. You don't fancy him to keep up with the tempo. But with a character-based entertainment, we know Mongo can do that. Well, I think if he, yeah, if they just keep the the wild brawling up, they'll be absolutely fine. But he, he can ham like it with the, the best of them. Yeah, he's trying to wrestle them at the moment. But uh, yeah, I suppose they're doing the it's Mongo and Luger, so I suppose they're doing the the cliche power versus power in a in a multi man tag. Yeah, they're the power guys of the of the teams, basically. And to be fair, if you are going to do a straight-up wrestling segment, that's one that's pretty easy to coach someone. I feel like if I spent an oh, afternoon... No. Oh, shit. He just, he just tripped over his own feet and went through the middle ropes. And that was literally... Uh, I think he was just being whipped into the ropes. I was just about to try and say something to What My point would have been that if I spent the afternoon... With like you, Doug Williams, a couple of other really seasoned guys, I feel like I could learn the uh, one of these basic you know, like power versus power shoulder block sequences, you know, Ooh. in an afternoon. And apparently, Mongo, who's now been training for several months, <laughs> still can't keep well, his footing. He, he just, he just, yeah, he just lost his footing. And I mean, that could, in all seriousness, that could have been pretty nasty. But he, so thankfully, he he landed okay. Yeah, that's second all... press slam for Ric Flair. Oh, we counting those again. That's a class of '95 Nitro Watch Along Classic. It's been a long time since. Yes. We've... Sorry, go for it. Big suplex. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, I was caught out by that amazing suplex as well. But uh, no, I think. Um, it's been a long time since we've busted out the, was it the over-under on the Gorilla Presses? Yeah. He's at two, shall I put it at 3.5? <laughs> so now it's Benoit v. Luger. And, uh... So that's the most quiet, the, uh... The fans have got. But uh, Savage is picking. Now, there's a sequence you could probably do. Have they run a singles match yet, Benoit and Savage? They might have. I don't know. I, may, I think they may have done. It ended up in all manner of interference. But yeah. Might be wrong. Oh, we're talking about the the bounty on Christmas, the layers of the storytelling at the minute. Dean Malenko, if you recall, has been randomly attacking Chris Benoit. He's attempting to cash in a Dungeon of Doom bounty. So there's all oh. this 
hill, 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 hill stuff. And then we've got the New World Order as well on top of that. Yeah. It's very New Japan-esque with a lot of tweener factions who all hang out together and dislike every other faction. Reminds me a little bit of that. Flair's gone up to the top rope with Sting. This can only end badly, and it is going to end in a superplex. Oh, a top rope superplex. Oh, Oh, yes. Other than Mongo frightening us all there for a second, this has been good stuff. Yeah. I mean, Flair's taken these big bumps, and I'm trying to think, he would have been, what, mid-40s at this point? Yeah, and it makes you wonder, I wouldn't know from at the time, but did 1996 have have anyone whinging incessantly about how uh, they're diminishing the value of of wrestling holds? Because there's been a lot of big, high-impact vertical suplexes, the top rope superplexes. Ric Flair's basically just tagged out. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's not like it was a big... And at the time, like, a top rope superplex in 1996 is a pretty high spot. Yeah. Just as you definitely. said, for mid-40s. But he's rolled out and he's recovering. And I'm I'm someone who, you know, I'm a bit sick of Canadian destroyers like the next person. But I yes. feel like some of the criticism is, is OTT. Benoit v. Sting. This would be a good combination. And this is, you know, what what you want from a, a six-man tag, frequent tags and fast-paced action because no one's in there too long to get themselves tired. So everyone is absolutely on their A-game as far as impact and energy goes. And thus, they're in a better position to go long compared to, like, Jim Duggan and Mike Enos. Yeah. So, you know, it is Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. You're right. That is the match yeah, it, that we'll be getting it, later on. And what a match that's going to be. It did It did uh, throw me off a little bit. Main reason being is, um, yeah, it would be weird watching White Meat Babyface Eddie Guerrero challenge Ray. We're so used to the few, the great feud they had when Eddie turned heel in 1997. Ooh. But this will be interesting. So this one, they're, they're doing all the tropes. It's been decent so far. They've dropped the speed a little bit. Sting getting the heat on him. But uh, no, this, yeah. is a, this is a big time. And this is early in the show. We've seen this sort of event, main event nitros many a time. Well, this this with one change in personnel, this was the main event of, the, of last week's nitro. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, it feels like so long ago. Which does make me wonder if we're uh, if we're up against a, a live um, a live roar or something. I'm sure you have the gonna... answers for us very soon, Dino. <laughs> Sting is doing his uh, his his growl and his pose while we're in the figure four. I like that. He's probably done nice. that before, but I like that. 
No, the uh, this was not a live Raw. Um, the Raw was live the week before. This was taped. Ah. But, of course, don't forget that at this point in time, Raw was one hour and Nitro was two hours. So put a strong first hour on and keep the keep your fans for the second hour. This is true. And obviously, they've got a lot of suspense on their side with the new old order bound to be on the show later, etc., etc. It's, yep. a, it's a good time to watch. And we've documented with these watch-alongs, Dean, just how, you know, enjoyable most... Uh, there, there were there were certain periods and certain characters, such as such as Hulk Hogan in the Red and Yellow, that were unbearable. But the majority of these shows have been very enjoyable in 96. So they've had that plus the New World Order on top of it. Yeah. And uh, interesting to what, you know, what you were saying earlier, because Larry Zabisco just on commentary said, I never liked Nick Patrick anyway. He's always been a jerk because he was not favouring the heels as Zabisco wanted him to. And yet, as irony would have it, Nick Patrick would end up becoming the NWO's referee. <laughs> yes. Jimmy Hart. Oh. Oh, is this... This, this is, is going to be the famous moment, isn't it? You remember the Guy Evans book, don't we you? Have, yeah, we have a very panicked Jimmy Hart saying, please get a camera to the back of the outsiders. We need help. So... Yeah. So uh, this... I've is got this a funny the, uh, feeling. The this, is the, moment? this is the big invasion. And reading about that in Guy Evans' book just adds so many more dimensions. Jimmy Hart's back telling them all to stop wrestling. So what, and it's not working uh, so far. Remind us what um, what Guy Evans said in his uh, in his book. He's trying to appeal to Lex. He has history with Lex. Yeah. Lex kind of finally told him to hit the road, but he's listening to Jimmy. Sting's sceptical. Well, we got on camera. Anderson's down. The outsiders have got baseball bats. Is that Marcus Bagwell? Yeah. There's Scotty Riggs of the other, the other half of the American males. He's just got smacked in the head with, with a is that a water bottle of Oh, here's Ray. Here's Ray Mysterio. And there goes Ray. Yeah, gets caught by Nash. And Lawn darted into the trailer, yeah. That is a great bump. That is legendary bump, absolutely. So, what, remind us, what did Guy Evans say about like when, we, uh, when we spoke to him? And straight back in the limousine. Here's Savage. Ah, Savage on the... So the car is driving off with Randy Savage on the roof. Because as you know, Randy Savage is crazy. He's out of control. I'm 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 imagining, Dean, that like as he's doing that spot, that Hall and Nash are holding him for safety. Because he's got his arms in the sunroof of the limo like he's uh oh. like he's trying to get at them. Flair's checking on Arn. Oh, is, is, is Elizabeth actually reacting? 
she's got her hands up on her cheeks like Kevin from Home yeah. Alone. Does that count? Yeah, I just realised that the person screaming, somebody called an ambulance is woman. And some, uh, someone else was saying, what can they just come in and do whatever they want? So there's like outrage and concern. It's really well done. Mm. Eddie Guerrero checking on the man he was due to challenge for the cruiserweight title. Yep. Arn Anderson is is Arn Anderson is conscious and very angry and in pain. Because do you remember the Arn Anderson promo that came after this? No. I won't spoil it, but it was one of his best ever. So him being more angry than hurt, but obviously he's selling the injury as well. Remember that because we're going to get some Arn Anderson greatness from this. Oh, brilliant. Yes. So we, we, it's basically, it's kind of like a fly on the wall view of this chaos. And the, it feels like the entire show, <clears throat> excuse me, the entire show is now in disarray because we've lost our Cruiserweight match, title match. We've clearly lost the challenger for the world title that, that was being hyped. And that explains why it was being hyped so heavily. Here comes an ambulance, hopefully not being driven by Kevin Nash. Oh, no, it's a fucking fire engine. Why have you got a fire engine? How are they going to help? First available, I suppose. Is Arn Anderson on fire? No. Is Arn Anderson stuck up a tree? No. Then why have we got the fire department here? Double A's on fire. Baby faces terrified. That works. Yeah. But this is like nothing else. Credit where it's due. This is, you know, this this is attention grabbing stuff. And you would not want. Go on. I was going to say this kind of this kind of thing had never been done before, to my knowledge. Oh, here's the ambulance. But here's no, ambulance. you really wouldn't want every episode. And certain people did not learn this. You don't want every episode of of a weekly show to be like this. It takes no. the effect away. But to be able to do something like this is pivotal. This is remembered so well because the following weeks won't be exactly like this. Whereas you think of 99-2000 WCW, where this crazy stuff's happening like every five minutes, and none yeah. of it sits in your memory. Mongo shouting, there's going to be some justice Going here. by that high-pitched, angry voice of him, and the way he's getting all hysterical, I'm going to hazard a guess that he was the hysterical male I was referring to earlier. <laughs> Clearly. The one saying these these guys just come in and do whatever they want and things like that. He's saying about, oh, can someone get a bit of paper or so? Or, or why is someone looking for a bit of paper? Just all crazy stuff. And and we've still, yeah, we've got, we've got no real commentary. We've got no matches. This is, yeah, this is just the, so what we're getting is that the outsiders have disrupted the entire show for they are and and they've they've like yeah they've done a they've done a disservice to wcw they've screwed up their their headline show most interesting is that like in i think four out of five post bash at the beach invasion things the outsiders have done 
Hollywood Hogan has not been involved yet. He only that one at the end of one particular episode where he got them to attack uh, Big Bubba Rogers. And he sprayed NWO on him. Yeah. And which really paints a picture that Hall and Nash are the they are the ones wanting to to create some havoc and flip things over here. Hulk Hogan's massively on the bandwagon. He wants to make sure he gets the belt back. Now Rey Mysterio has just said to Eddie Guerrero, there were four guys, man. You've got to let them know there were four guys. And so, yeah, Siobhan just saying there's a fourth man. Which is a weird way of going about it, given that Rey Mysterio was the one that kind of came out of the trailer he yeah. came out after if he was one of the first ones to be attacked that would make sense but we saw all of Rey Mysterio's involvement with our eyes uh, so where unless, did he see a fourth man unless he saw a fourth man before he jumped in but then he probably would have been able to recognise yeah know. either that or because he's been long dot, first dotted head stories. first he's seen double <laughs> given that we didn't even see a third man no. Hulk Hogan's too busy, like, sitting with his feet up, lighting a cigar with a $100 bill, waiting for the title to be put back on him. Yeah. Alex Wright is trying to tell Eddie Guerrero to go and have his match, even though his opponent's just been loaded into an ambulance. But, yeah, you're right. They're saying there's four of them. But, yeah, we're saying we only saw two. Hogan nowhere to be seen. Yeah. So this is the tease for... Well, this would be DiBiase, won't it? Is he the fourth man? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. It's, uh... Yeah, I'm still in a bad way, though. Oh. This is, this is dragging on a bit now, isn't it? But yeah, then if I've got no matches good. left. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good that it's dragging on because it's like it, it comes across as a bit, to me, it comes across as a bit more legit because like, well, we've just had our entire show screwed up what we meant to show. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to cobble together a show with the remaining wrestlers. Yeah. It's, it's the, the one view is dragging on a bit. You'd think they'd get like someone put a mic in front of someone to try and get yeah. people's attention. But obviously, ben, benefit of hindsight, we know this this went down like gangbusters. So... Oh, well, we've oh. got... We've got Meng and Benoit face-to-face. Obviously, I don't know uh, the dungeon and the horseman just don't get along. There's a lot of conflicting people here. Most of them are... Obviously, focusing on the, on the bigger threat here, but Benoit and Meng are, are struggling to gather each other's faces, and that might, even though Benoit's wrestled in the six-man tag, that might lead to an impromptu match to to tie and, into the yeah. fact that the script's been ripped up. And and look how fucking awesome woman is in looking really concerned and really beside herself as to what's happening. He goes, Shivani just said we don't really know what to do at this point. No. And the the only thing about this is obviously it's it's a little bit lost on this tourist audience, as you said. 
Yeah, but I guess you've got to think of the bigger picture with the TV audience. Oh, absolutely. It worked out in the long run. We know that much. Yeah. So we've gone, we've gone to a a, a break, and this is oh, so we've now got, we've now got Shiv, um, Bischoff and Heenan. It's gone through the changeover. Hmm. That adds some effect. Oh wow. Heenan, Heenan with a great little thing here. He Heenan dropping the whole persona to say unsafe working environment basically. This is great. Bobby Heenan, yeah, as you say, out of character, he is saying about his neck and nerve damage and he said he can't have his security guaranteed and he is walking out. Yeah. And Bischoff weren't even trying to protest. He's like, you, you do what you got to do. Ooh. Great line there from Shivani. I tell you what, buddy, the wheels are falling off here. Yeah, one of those classic moments where a wrestling company acts like everything's falling apart, but in fact, it's coming together nicely. Mm. The other one that springs to mind is... Um, Vince McMahon telling Steve Austin, you ruined everything when he fought with Tyson. Yeah. And, yeah, this is interesting because this, you think about it, it's it's the very beginning of bringing a little bit of either real life or presenting something as real life into wrestling. Because not long before this, I think I'm right in saying, do you remember on Raw where you had that angle where Shawn Michaels collapsed from a, after he'd had that beat, been beaten yeah, up by those Yeah, that was Marines? considerably before this. I want to say like very yeah. end of 95. Yeah. So this, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good, you know, good several months before this. Now we've seen, yeah, we've seen this where we've got basically baby faces and heels all together backstage as WCW wrestlers because their show has been disrupted. You've you've got Heenan breaking character and talking about his injuries and leaving, and it's you know this is this is a change you would never previously have seen anything like this before. And not breaking character in the in the cliche hackneyed tawdry way that got overdone in years following this yeah he he literally you know he everything about who bobby heenan is to us as as a wrestling personality stayed it wasn't betrayed by what he did but he said i'm not going to stay here and 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 be where i'm in danger you know yeah i'm not going to do a wrestling interview i'm going to talk to you man to man and that was that was really good yeah, and he's he's doing it because he did move from commentary to managing because he couldn't really afford to get physically involved anymore. So the the element of re- realism protects what we know, and it, that that means he can go back to being Bobby the Brain Heenan whenever he wants, presumably when the new world order aren't running roughshod. Yeah. So we. We've gone an, an awful long time. I didn't I didn't look at the, the time on the clock, but boring chances. See what I said Boring about the chance, yeah. live crowd, though. 
again, benefit of hindsight, uh, Shirvani and Bischoff are kind of sympathising with them, rolling with the punches, and the ends justified the means. This was this was revolutionary. This was this people remember this. Yeah. I forgot it went on this long, but I certainly remember things like Savage leaping on the limo and the lawn dart, Rey Mysterio bump. Well, this ties back to what I was saying. There's absolutely things they could have done to break the monotony without breaking the uh, the unexpected nature. That Bobby Heenan thing is one. They could have got like Lugo or, or Mongo. Mongo would have been a great choice. He was hysterical. He could have hijacked a position and, and gotten a massive rant. They could have done a little bit more of the Benoit Meng thing or, or similar things. We could have seen other baby faces and heels kind of maybe having a bit of a chat and kind of a bit of a truce under the circumstances. They could have filled out a little bit more to keep us, as in not just me and you, but the audience at large, keep us, keep our attention if you are going to yeah. run this this long. But these are minor criticisms. And there's nothing wrong with minor criticisms. If you don't make them out to be the be and end all, as long as you don't add things like dead by Labor Day at the end of it. Yeah. And I think something else, that I don't know if they're going to do this, but something else that would be good to do to kind of put over the, the what I presume is going to be the makeshift nature of the rest of this show. Let's have someone who's already wrestled tonight wrestle again because... That's yeah, what I think the Benoit Meng thing might have been. Without the benefit of having looked up this, I, I've not double-checked what happened. I can't remember this episode that strongly from a recent watch. So I'm assuming, completely eyes closed here, that, yeah. that we it, could see Benoit and, and Meng based on that little interaction, that skirmish. Well, well, Bischoff has just said on commentary they're trying to put together a standby match. Because we've lost our cruiserweight title match, we've lost our heavyweight title match, which is a great way of putting it. Because we've lost our title matches. They've gone for the prestige of the company. They've not just looked to hurt people. And obviously, like you got Arn Bagwell Mysterio getting loaded into ambulances. They've done damage, but they've also damaged WCW and the way they run yeah. the show. Yeah. And another thing that he just said there, he, um, Bischoff referred to Bagwell, not as Marcus, but Mark Bagwell, and said that you know, Sting is there with him, that they're good friends, and that Bagwell works out at Sting's gym in Atlanta. So, I mean, okay, they're obviously they're both baby faces, so there's no kayfabe being broken, but it's kind of like it, you know, Sting and Bagwell aren't necessarily that close in storylines. It's putting them together. It is, it is, you know, it's it's breaking that breaking that fourth wall down a little bit isn't it and it's making this feel like real life as opposed to a wrestling show even though I, we know it is a wrestling I show don't, they, I don't like that uh, yeah I don't like that breaking down the fourth wall cliche especially in reference to this for me it's adding a fifth wall it's adding a new dimension a new wrinkle uh, when you consider St- as you said Sting, Sting and Bagwell they're both baby faces we've seen I think Sting come to the American Males aid in just like throwaway matches against the horsemen and things like that. But um yeah. they have been they have both been WCW baby faces since nineteen ninety one. Yeah. When Bagwell made his by, debut. Yeah. 
and they, they have had interactions not... back then, but not a hell of a lot yeah. from no, 93 what's... to 96. Yeah, and I think what's happened there is like it's rather than it's just been Sting's looking out for Bagwell because Sting's a nice bloke. It's they're actually mates outside of you know it's that old like the thing you know they're mates outside of work kind of thing. You know Which what I mean? is it's... yeah, it's something that technically existed in canon all this time. Sting and Bagwell and maybe a few others going to the gym together being part of the same yeah. social circles, but it just never had to come up on TV. And now there's a reason for it to again. So that's yeah. nuance. That's not breaking down yeah. the full wall. That is, that is three dimensional characters. And I really go to great pains to, no, that's a, to, that's a, that's to really separate the two yes. because obviously no, that's a really good point. This company characters, because yes. this company had an, an idiot come in for the next few years afterwards to really show the difference between the two and it it helped cost us this company so we've got a standby match and this is we've got a high voltage i can't remember who high voltage were apart from a sort of job attack team against uh, the kenny chaos is kenny chaos one of them uh let's see if i can I want to say that's the uh, Kenny Chaos and, and Robbie, Robbie Rage. Rage. They may have shown up on one other Nitro. Obviously, uh, I mean, with your five concussions and me just having a hideous memory half the time, <laughs> I'll, remember, I'll remember the craziest things and then I'll forget the most obvious things. Not that this is particularly obvious. Um, but yeah, Kenny Chaos of... Uh, funnily enough, Kenny Chaos would hold the tag titles with one of his opponents tonight. Indeed, yes. See, I told you I can remember some stuff. So I, I was just, I'm literally just looking them up to see if they wrestled any other gimmicks. But High Voltage, Dean, have, have come out mugging for the camera. You know, we've got a match. We're, we're, this is normal. Everything's fine. Steiner Brothers have come out looking like they're attending a wake. Which is I mean, to be fair, Scott Scott Steiner wasn't very happy being a babyface at this point. No, time. but he's not. He doesn't look surly. He looks genuinely distraught. Even Scott yes. Steiner's selling it rather than growling and pouting. And we're still cutting to the ambulances, people being loaded in ambulances at this time. Yeah, they're sure they've run out of people to load into ambulances, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, how many other people? There weren't that many people attacked, were there? So, yeah, we've got... Now, the, the crowd have obviously been taken down by it all, but as you said, there's a great good here. Yes. Uh yeah, the commentary is so... And most interestingly, as the commentary just pointed out, Rick Steiner can't even bring himself to stand where he's supposed to stand, holding on to the right, waiting for a tag. He keeps going and looking at the entrance way as if something else might go down. Mm. Which is another great detail. Yeah, he's doing it again now, yeah. And, you know, the commentary is really, really subdued as well. I mean, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Obviously, it's what you want. Mm. Um, they're trying to find out where Randy Savage is. 
because obviously they don't know. I mean, this this is yeah, this is this is a mess. This is chaotic, but it's it's done. It's all done for a, for a reason, and as you say, Liam. It is the the greater good because they would come out of this. The, the this is this was one of the things that really made the NWR angle such a success, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. For all the things we discussed, but I do find most interesting. There's one bit that that. Uh, I don't think it was mentioned in the book because I've read the book a few years ago. I should reread it. It's a great book. Um, a few years ago, I read the book. It's been a long time since I've I, I've really properly dabbled with this era of, of nitros, especially in the manner in which we're doing it for the podcasting. And, um, yeah. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> Shivani saying, well, Shivani and Bishop are both talking about how they're afraid. They're afraid for their own safety, and they're really emphasising what Heenan was doing. But you'll be pleased, and I did regain my train of thought if you're interested. Excellent. Um, or have I lost it again? Uh, what was I talking about? No, no, on, this, this is no. worse than Sting on the pay-per-view promo. Five concussions. Um, yeah. No, no, no. It's the the interesting part of everything about this is how they have essentially sacrificed this this casual tourist crowd, which normally, especially when you think of Hulk Hogan needing to make sure there's a certain amount of yellow red shirts in the old era, <laughs> these sort of crowds were 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 very beneficial to them. And they 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 they've gone completely against the grain for them. And to to make matters worse, they started them off by giving them an eight minute Jim Duggan match, just to really, you know, just just misery after misery for this poor bunch of uh, casual fans. Jeez, I don't know if that's rage or chaos, but he kind of nearly landed on his head off the top rope because Rick Steiner didn't really catch you on a power slam. Steiner opponent being dumped on their head. Yep. Yeah. Checked off your bingo cards, ladies and gentlemen. Tilt a world slam and a little bit of a, a little bit of a response to the crowd by Scott Steiner. He's starting to get more fired up in this. He was slightly more into the match than Rick was. Slightly more, but obviously he's yep. building up. He he was the one who told Rick to get your head in the game when he was keeping an eye on the entrance way. So they are starting to get back to work now, you could say. Ooh. Which is which is believable because you're in there, you're you're very much at risk. You know, you're trying to win a match for your livelihood. You're gonna lose yourself in what you're there to do in the first place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they've gotta they've gotta keep one eye on the, the job in hand, I suppose. And we still got this makeshift. Is this a screwdriver coming up? Yes. Steiner. Oh my God! He landed vertical. That looks such a. I mean, he's got. Admittedly, he has got Scott Steiner's legs either side of his head, but it's still just. That might be the best screwdriver I've seen. I hope he's okay off that because he landed dead vertical. That was amazing. That was just brutal. That finish was brutal. 
where, at what point do you think of that move? Oh, I'll start with a suplex and end by dropping them on their head like a pile driver Someone from all the way that. up there. Someone else should do it, but not as a transition move. Gonna get the replays here. Hopefully, get the. Oh man, that's Steiner line. That was more brutal than the pole driver. I think so. Oh, here. We, well, in case you're not sure, here's the pole driver in slow motion. That actually oh, he did really have his arm, safe. He did have his hands. Yeah, he did that have was his hands. In, that was an incredible professional wrestling move. But even so, that can that has such a risk of going wrong. Absolutely. Not many people would agree to take that. But then if you offered a rare TV spot, you kind of got to, didn't you? Yeah. So, lads, good news. You're getting a match on Nitro. No, the live Nitro. You're against the Steiners. Bad news is they want to drop you on your head at the end. The, the bad news is you're up against the Steiners. <laughs> the last ambulance has just departed. I've literally got no idea who else they could possibly have loaded in to the ambulance unless, like, some old bloke in the crowds has a stroke. I want to know, where, where's Mike Awesome? If there's an ambulance on WWTV, where's Mike Awesome? Um, probably in Japan at this point in time. I know, I know. It was a joke. I'm sorry. In case you've just joined us, it's been a, it's been a clusterfuck. Half of WCW's left in ambulances. An exaggeration, but you know, in wrestling terms, we'll let them get away with that. That's a that's a I like that turn of phrase. Yeah. Uh, so oh we've just had confirmed that Ric Flair will be defending the US title against Eddie Guerrero at Hog Wild. It's kind of, if, now you think about it, because they did mention this on previous episodes, but it does kind of give away the fact that that Cruiserweight title match was probably never going to happen. Because they're like, oh, it's, 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 it's ruined his chance to go into the US title match as the Cruiserweight champions. Like, yeah, that will never happen until Lance Storm yeah. shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Penta... They're even announcing it as a standby Yeah, contest. I was going to say... But we love Penzo. He's great at his job. And not just because he's a friend of the podcast. But it helps. Yeah. So we've got Big Bubba. Do you th- is he still... He's not He's not carrying any hair. He's not holding a... No. That, I mean, within, within 48 hours, he lost convincingly to John Tenter again. And he got beaten up by New World Order. So I think he's definitely on to new things. But it's a little bit weird because... Yeah. I thought he would have been a great choice to fill up the numbers of New World Order because he fits the Ooh. he fits the profile. Yeah, he, uh, he's as as he would later also show with the boss man running WWE. He kind of mastered the art of just being an absolute sleazy shit ass heel. Even if his in ring um, abilities were diminishing, he could play an absolute fucker. Indeed, yes. So it's weird the they didn't with, have with uh, the big show springs to mind. Exactly. So here's Eddie Guerrero, uh, very different opponent. So we never did find out what babyface Eddie Guerrero against Rey Mysterio would be like because it's babyface Eddie Guerrero against Big Bubba. And everyone involved in the match looked quite subdued. Yep. 
I'm I'm kind of glad I went to this site unseen. I've, I feel like I've enhanced yeah. the whole thing by being yeah. innocent. Because I knew no, that episode definitely. was coming up soon. I didn't realise this soon. I should have, but I didn't. Well, we we they just they said we were going to a commercial break the moment they got in the ring, but they seem to have killed me at the time because the bell rang as the match went bell or the broadcast went back to air. Yeah. As you say, we've got a, and Bubba's being the proper heel here. We've got more of a traditional thing. Maybe this will win the crowd back a little bit and they seem up for it. They're, they're not completely gone. They they definitely got a bit frustrated by that long gap. And Guerrero's drop kicked Bubba to the outside. And he's going to do a dive to the floor, but looks like no, he's changed his mind. But do you know what's also interesting here? Mm. Is like what you've got in these two in these two people, where you know, the people that they've chosen to 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 keep for the show, they've got two guys here who can have a match with anyone. Yeah. So this so put putting this impromptu supposed impromptu standby match together it feels believable as a match where they would be like right who have we still got on the on the show that hasn't been attacked who can who can have them you know who, can, who could wrestle anyone all these guys it is whatever whatever kind of level you look at it at whatever it it, it makes sense yeah because Baba really, might not be able to go he might not be able to go full tempo, really, Guerrero, but he's obviously, he, he knows his way around the ring. Guerrero yeah. can do and the babyface stuff. He's very similar to that Guerrero-Barbarian match, do you remember? Definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, this is going to be another example of Eddie Guerrero facing a very different opponent to the people that you typically associate him with. And, you know, it's things like this as well. You know, having a match with a Barbarian, having a match with Big Bubba, that probably was the foundations of, of the, the world title run he had in, in the WWE, where, you know, he had to he had to face all people of all sizes. Oh, yeah, he, he absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, he was well-traveled before this, and then he's gone and... He's gone and got, like, even more experience in a completely different way with some of these. Yeah. And, and yeah, with, with Baba, Boss Man, whatever you want to call him, you know, like we've said about Meng in the past, never was out of a job. He, he went from place to place, but it, as soon as he left one company, he was picked up by another company. Absolutely. Whether that was WWE, WCW, All Japan. And Harry, even New Japan and AEW are having him uh, show up. Obviously, mostly to second his sons who wrestle. Oh, Haku, you mean? Yes. Sorry, I was thinking Bubba Rogers is dead. No. Yes, you mean Haku, I'm with you. But yeah, they're, they're in very much in the same mould. Yes, uh, the thing is that there's, a, there's a, a ceiling to this match as far as how, not to say anything on, like, their wrestling situation, but under the circumstance of the show, and this is a this is what we call a cold match as well. You know, no yeah. build, no storyline, etc., etc. So there's only so far it can go, but 
they're going to eat some time, I'm guessing, unless they've got something else prepped, storyline-wise. Maybe they yeah, I mean, yeah, we've still got, we've got about, what, 20 minutes? Just over 25 minutes of the broadcast? Yeah. He's clawing away at the, I was going to say clawing away at the moustache, but it's just a general mouth area. Can't mess with that yeah. moustache, it's godlike. The moustache and mullet, the classic combo. Even in 1996. Yeah. Good commentary from uh, Zabisco just talking about how uh, how Bubba is taking Eddie's speed away because at the moment he's got him grounded in a chin lock. He's now gone into a, a body scissors, which is obviously going to take away the, the breath and the energy. So it's it's a match that makes sense. Crowd to get into it though. Yeah, and this you know it's a it it's a testament to both of them because it's as you said it's a cold match. It's now a pretty cold crowd because they've been left waiting for something to happen for so long. Well, they got the Steiner screwdriver, to be fair. What more do they want, they the sport just... bastards? <laughs> they want candy floss. Cotton candy, that's what they want. <laughs> and those three empty seats in the front row are still, uh, still unoccupied. Well, they sat speculation in now because we've surely had the you old order's contribution. <laughs> yeah. I think so. And also, talk about the impact that Hall and Nash were on the screen for what a, a minute, and and look how look how important this this moment was. It also, it, it yeah. renders that um, that. Saturday night footage of the sneak attack on Sting completely irrelevant and moot, doesn't it? Like, I didn't even need that. No, it was almost it was almost I guess pre, uh, a precursor to it. But yeah, I don't think you. I think you're right. I think they they didn't need it. Oh, bear hug slam, good stuff. Mm. Yeah, they're dragging this one out. It's not bad. It's not as bad as. Uh... Duggan versus Enos, to be sure, but but they're eating this up a bit. Yeah, and you you get the feeling that there's going to be a, an Eddie comeback at some point because Bubba has dominated the match. <laughs> Bischoff says national news are calling, wondering what <laughs> happened. I thought Guerrero had won that. Then I was going to say just as I said that he wins the match, but yeah, it was a small package, but. Yeah, I like I like the idea that uh, CNN or someone will be. I suppose CNN might be calling as in, "What the fuck are you doing with our TV show?" But, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, the small package team. One of the many answers we got right on the All Out Pub Quiz, one by the, yeah, one by my, myself, yourself, Doug Williams, and Celebrity Mastermind winner Adam Pearson. We may have what a we team. we may have been a bit top heavy there. 
what a team. Bickley team off because AEW was recorded for the night. Was it fair? Who cares? We are the champions. <laughs> Does that mean we have to defend our title at the next uh, Survivor Series? Party? It'll be an elimination no, no, a, quiz. A, AEW, an AEW party, surely. No, Survivor Series because we're a team of four. Ah, come on, strive man. Strive to survive. Yeah, teams of four strive to survive. See, the original marketing was five on five, wasn't it? Oh, it's been a bit of yes. both ever since. Teams are five strats five. I feel there's one too many rhymes in there. No, there can never be too many rhymes. Don't be daft. <laughs> okay. Well, if I knew it was that it's simple, that... I'd have told you to not be daft years ago. <laughs> This is a long is rest hole, by the way. I'm glad we've managed to yeah. change the subject because this we are veering into negativity territory. Well, just look, this match does go nearly 11 minutes. <laughs> just Ray, Ray Trailer sucking the life out of it. So um, yeah, we've, what do we say here? We've just got we've just got Big Bubba laying down on the ground with a chin lock on Eddie Guerrero. But hey, to Guerrero's credit, the crowd are chanting Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. So that's true. But um, Zabisco just uh, defended uh, Bubba's strategy by saying he's not playing beat the clock. He's playing beat the punk. I like that. Ray, sorry, Ray, uh, Eddie goes for a uh, crossbody block. He's caught and slammed to the canvas by Big Bubba. Yeah. Surely this is going to be uh, wrapped up soon. Hopefully. It's, it's diminishing returns a bit. These two could have a good eight-minute match. But... Uh... Obviously, obviously, Bubba needed to lay on the canvas for a little while. Tornado DDT from Guerrero. That's got the crowd going. Oh, that was still such a cool move in the mid-90s. I mean, I, I'm, I'll pop for a Tornado DDT now. But in the mid-90s, that was one of the best moves. And... Guerrero went to go for a uh, Hurricane Rana and didn't didn't quite make it. They covered themselves, tried again, and now backfired. He's got a sunset flip, yeah. Interference, interference with a with a uh, megaphone backfires, as you say. The the man Guerrero, that just got decisively beaten 400 times by John Tenter with half his hair intact. Did he really need to be protected against a man who's about to face Ric Flair for the US title? That's the thing there. It wasn't a terrible match, but there's a lot you can shit on there, isn't there? Even under the circumstances. And there also looks to be tension between Big Bubba and Jimmy Hart. And this isn't really the night. Look, Jimmy Hart just looks, yeah, Jimmy Hart just looks like he's not interested. <laughs> I mean, he tried to do his best with the interference, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, you do. You do have to wonder in the storyline how much longer Big Bubba wants to stick around with uh, 
with Jimmy Hart. It's not been going well. Yeah, he really should have joined the NWO. I mean, if Jimmy Hart was a football manager and his team was Big Bubba, surely he'd uh, he'd be getting chance of you getting sacked in the morning. Give it Heen until end of season. No, I thought that was great. Just clearly not appreciated here. Sorry. No, you're not. I was just, I was just trying to, uh, I was trying to process it and thinking, yeah, Heenan is Neil Warnock. Yeah, yeah. I always say like, give give it insert manager name here till end of season. Oh, we have a new world order paid promo. Oh, good of Hogan to show up. This is the first one, isn't it? Yes. And uh, Scott Hall used the word Chico's. <laughs> Just to put the boot in. Yeah. Our Hogan own corporation. That's the first... Pro- well, obviously, the, the announcement's paid for. And they're talking about a corporation. So really hinting that they've got serious backing that enables them to do this. Yeah. That, the fact that they're talking about a fourth man. Yeah. You, this is this is dropping the hint that the NWO is going to expand. <laughs> Hollywood um, Hogan quoting Humpty Dumpty. I'm, I'm here for that. I've got all time in the world for that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Who's going to be fourth? Who's going to be five? Yeah. (laughs) And they've said, is it going to be, basically, is it going to be someone in WCW already or is it going to be someone from the outside? And this is, again, this goes back to Guy Evans' book, how they really go in depth about the, the, the rough cut producing of these segments they just jump from one fault to another there's no cohesion whatsoever on by design on purpose it's really mm. contemporary stuff isn't it yeah oh definitely and uh, the the voiceover from neil pruitt the following announcement paid for by the new world order Oh, yep. Title match reminder. Yeah. So Hogan talking about the fact that he could become the WCW champion in a couple of weeks' time. Well, if Ho- I mean, regardless of his allegiance, if Hogan's changing for the title, he's probably going to win it. So some things yeah. do stay the same. <laughs> yes. He finds it quite ironic that WCW could be so weak to beg, to plead, to cry out to the giant. Well, you actually, he said oh, he's the WCW. The WCW. Yeah, so people give Bret Hart stick for that. It turns out it's contagious. The WCW. Yeah. So they're now portraying the giant as WCW's last hope. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense to a certain extent because he has been portrayed as just unstoppable. 
But yes. this is still a throwaway title match a few weeks notice. It's not really come across as that much of a thing. It's kind of just was, a bit yeah. of business they need to take care of. And it it's was, a shame for it the was odd. Yeah, it was odd. As in, you know, why, why, why would you give Hulk Hogan, a man who hasn't wrestled a match in months and is now part of this organization trying to destroy WCW, why would you give him a title match? Exactly. Doesn't make sense. But hey, again, I'm probably putting too much thought into a wrestling <laughs> angle. Yeah, I mean, as we've shown, there, there is plenty that can be nitpicked, but when when things, as AEW is showing right now, when things are in the bigger picture are going great, you can ride those little nitpicks. And when the overall bigger picture is, is bleak, those those little nitpicks end up becoming mountains. Yeah. So that was quite a long uh, segment, but I guess yeah, it was paid for. So yep. Bischoff has left the broadcast position. And again, lifting the veil a little bit there, just said that yeah, they've just said that Bischoff is also the executive producer of Nitro. And he's got executive producer type things to get on with here. Yeah, particularly under circumstances, because if it weren't for what happened, it would be Bischoff and Heenan commentating business as usual. So for the yeah. first time we find ourselves pretty much with a Shivani Zabisco entirety broadcast team where with the exception of Bischoff joining them for a little bit we have some crew member and then then a refreshment seller getting right in the camera shot (laughs) yeah just wandering past realising she was in the way and going whoops and walking off again so it looks like we've got gone so I was going to say, Shivani's just talking about the uh, paid announcement. Hmm. Talk about the NWO, talking about their intentions in WCW. Yeah, it feels it feels like there's there's time for one more match. Looking at the broadcast, well, yeah. are we going to more clips now? We're just going to relive it. Yeah, and this also, I guess, this also explains why um, we had such a a big match on so early in the show. So yeah, we're just getting the uh, the closing moments of the match with Jimmy Hart doing his nut, saying about there's a problem. Which was that? Was, I mean, that alone was really cool, wasn't it? That really leapt off the page, especially when yeah. going through your mind is his his backstory with Lex Luger, etc., etc. He's he's done business with Ric Flair and the Horsemen, so they're all trying to fight each other. In what was a heat, it was a good match, wasn't it? It was a heated match, and uh, mm. suddenly Jimmy Hart showed up, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" So we've got that's. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to see at what point, at what point, uh, Ray Mysterio intervenes. And also, yeah, Scotty Riggs, Scotty Riggs was hit with an empty water cooler bottle 
and had to go to hospital for that, apparently. No wonder Marcus turned on him and joined the NWO. Yeah. Yeah, the early doors took, like, which was Bagwell and Arn, took several baseball bat shots. The lawn dart looked amazing Ooh. and really destructive. And Scotty Riggs basically got grazed by empty plastic. Yeah. So a very familiar theme is striking up, one that's belonged to many a wrestler. So I don't know who's Ooh. coming out. <laughs> It looks like we well, are getting the main event of some design. Yeah. Maybe the with Hollywood the giant. That's Greg the Hammer Valentine coming out. Will he face the giant? Because the giant was scheduled to wrestle Arn Anderson. And yeah. Eddie Guerrero, who was scheduled to wrestle, had a replacement. So and they've got to put someone be... decent in the main event slot regardless, haven't they? They can't yeah. end with Greg Valentine versus Dick Slater. <laughs> Well, they've just said that Greg Valentine is taking on Anson's place. So I'm guessing yeah, yeah, yeah. Valentine is challenging for the world title. I mean, surely, if you if you have a world title match and the change has to be replaced, you drop the, the title where it has to be non-title in a normal world. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, now, now Zabisco's having a go at, at Hayden. He was never the bravest manager in the world, bravest person in the world. Well, even then, he kind of said it diplomatically and relatively gently. Like, he was, you know, he was never a blood and guts kind of guy, which is kind of true, really. Yeah. But yeah, that that is that is Zabisco's mo to make himself sound far more manly than everyone else. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen any recent photos of Greg Valentine, but he basically looks exactly the same. Yeah. He hasn't changed. Hasn't aged no, since '86. No, I don't know if that's because he looks about 30 years, 40 years older than he really was in '86. So he's now just caught up with nature. Well, that's the key to it, isn't it? Get to get to age forty-five in your twenties, and then you set. Yeah. We have a beautiful close-up of a full moon while we uh, while we come back from the break. Now. If we're putting the giant across as this unstoppable monster, as experienced as Greg Valentine is, this match shouldn't last very long. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're building to the pay-per-view still. He should crush him and then say, I'm going to get revenge on the new old order. There you go. You got your, you got your big pay-per-view match. With a rushed and illogical main event. We haven't done Hogwild 96, have we? Yeah, when someone wants it, we'll do it. There's, there's quite a few. We're running shy on the early 90s because they all love the early 90s. But get some guests on, cover some of the other pay-per-views. We've got a list of what remains. Looking forward to doing them. Yeah. So Valentine just went for about two or three clotheslines, which the giant barely sold. 
then the giant laid a, laid a Valentine out with a clothesline of his own, and now giant's in charge, choking Valentine in the corner with his boot to the throat. Giovanni's really and, putting over the giant as well. Yeah. And Greg Valentine going to the top rope, which isn't something you see often, but he's come down with an axe handle and just wobbled the giant. I was hoping that was going to be a goozle, but here we go. Second, he went to the well, basically. And the and giant, he's his crowd into it. With his size and his agility, he's going to add another choke slam, I think. With his size and his intensity and his agility, he's doing the business here. And when they had him join the New World Order a few weeks later, they'd soon, uh, they'd soon realise the error of their ways. Because I know he's got certain hill components, but he can absolutely uh, oppose the New World Order. And he's a WCW yeah. original at this point as well, so he absolutely should. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me that he joined. He's warning Hogan via the camera. Uh, with their backstory as well, obviously on, on, on a role reversal, that plays into it as well. Ooh. Squash City. That was the that wasn't even two minutes, was it? No. And, but it's sure. exactly what you want. Exactly. So, uh, oh, we're going to Mean Gene at the end. So here's that big promo we're getting. Where John didn't seem to be selling what's happened much. <laughs> but then he's just so, a yeah. he's a weapon of mass destruction, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is July twenty ninth and the pay per view's August the tenth. So we're basically talking a couple of weeks away, aren't we? Oh. He's uh he just aped Hogan's old uh, promos. Oh, I wanted to show how easy it is to fall into that contrap. So he's basically saying that, yeah, look, Hogan, Hogan conned America. Yeah, he says Hogan told everyone what they want to hear, which is true, actually. Think about it. Think of the bigger, faster, stronger culture. Have you seen that documentary? No. Recommended from the from the uh, the eight the image based eighties. I have to dig you up a link. Okay. <laughs> That's great. He never believed it himself. Johnson, he's beaten the finest athletes in the world in WWE. He has. He's pretty much faced all the top stars, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah it's, it's an interesting going into it without knowing what's going on. It's an interesting match, but. He, it's Hogan, and the angle is hot, so you kind of know where it's going. Yes. A choke slam I... noose that's going to fit around his neck. I like that. I I just think they could have they could have done something a bit more where like you know 
Hogan's demanding a title shot and is essentially holding WCW to ransom by doing different Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. They could have easily knocked something up along those lines. You're right. <laughs> One day, Jimmy Hart will have to pay for the things he's done. Yeah, well, considering he betrayed Hogan's side with a giant, you've got to try and you you've got to be eyes wide open with that whole thing, haven't you? Yeah, and we're uh, we're just getting the uh, another replay and a slow motion of the Rey Mysterio lawn dart gimmick. And yeah, he's he was in a trailer basically. So how he knew there were four people, I don't know. Unless he was looking out a window, but hey. That should have been that should have been Scotty Riggs. I mean, Scotty Riggs came a little late, but he could do it where if he's going to be the one that takes relative less damage, he doesn't get loaded into an ambulance. He gets seen by a trainer, but he's around to say there yeah. was someone else. I didn't catch him. Yeah, he's a little, yeah, little dazed from a shot to yeah. the head, but not bad enough to be hospitalised. And he says there was four, but they weren't even they weren't even three. Hogan couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Could be asked. He was making a movie probably. <laughs> This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to Because WCW. Well, I mean, what you know, what would you say to that episode? You know, is it, I mean, is it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for you? What what are you thinking? So, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell a little bit of a side story here quickly. Um, during during the run, while I was overseeing the Hooked on Wrestling website uh, for for twelve or so months. Um, one one of our reviewers did, he, he he was doing retro reviews and he recapped the I think it was during it might have been during Nitro week because obviously it's a pivotal episode yeah and he he reviewed this and he he was quiet brass tacks about that dead air the, the slow pace of it the fact that most of the matches aren't actually that good I did enjoy the six man that ends in chaos uh, Guerrero versus Big Bubba could have been a bit better, but just dragged on. Giant squashing someone's fine, and I did love the silent screwdriver, admittedly. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's it's a sum of the parts thing, where they've really just turned thing on their head and, and, and gone really cutting edge. And that's the way you got to look at this. And mm. it's like that little anecdote we said um, to, to, to a friend of ours was where we have these... Um, these nitros we watch where we go we, we go back through it match by match and we're like, well, that match was okay, that match was crap, that match was crap, that match was a bit disappointing, that match was okay. What did you think of the show? I really enjoyed it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's how this is. And this this will this is must watch. Even even with all this time in the future. It just it's a very important for any wrestling fan, it's a very important episode to watch. And there's a lot to enjoy, even if you do have to endure some things that were that were sacrificed for the greater good. I, I absolutely I think yeah, it's definitely it was a sacrifice worth making. Because yeah, if you if you watch that show as a one off, as a completely you know, just as a, a one off T V show, it's awful. Because You've got, as you said, you've got all this dead air. You've got all this time that just nothing's happening and the crowd are chanting boring. But, yeah, some of the parts, right? Yeah, you look at this over the course of time and what it did to the angle and what it did for WCW, that was an incredibly brave bit of broadcasting and it absolutely paid off. 
Yeah, it's, it's it's you've got if you're a wrestling fan, you've got to watch this episode. Some of you guys might have watched it along with us. Some of you guys just endure even skip these episodes. That's fair enough. But um, yeah, this is this is and I don't like the term must watch. This is a must watch episode. This is what the WWE Network is here for. Is yes. is going back to particular episodes like this if you don't have time to do what we're doing. And exhaustively going episode up by episode, week after week. Seek this one out for absolute certain. Definitely. Right. That brings us to an end uh, of this one. As I said at the top of the show, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at BecauseWCW or on Facebook.com forward slash BecauseWCW. Next week is our fourth birthday. Believe it or not, we started this in September 2017, we will be four. And to celebrate, right. as well as having lots of cake, Liam. Lots we of cake. Are, lots of cake. Uh, we are having a, a, an interview with a very special guest. Not a WCW alumnus like Lance Storm. Something from very much, I guess, the, the, the opposite end of the, of the WCW spectrum. But I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating guest. Um, so I won't say any more than that, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm, sh- I'm sure you are, Liam. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, what I will add on top of that, again, not much, but while he's not WCW alumni, he, uh, he he's very well known in a WCW context. There'll be more on that next week. We're looking forward to that one. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, I'm off to watch some WCW tag team title changes. Till next week, this is me, the Twisted Genius, on behalf of Liam, saying... Thanks for listening, and I'll see you ringside.